Blue White Illustrated not reporting from the gates of Beaver Stadium because uh, children are chaos. And Nate Bauer has children, so chaos ensued today. Nate, I appreciate you uh, fitting us in so we can still have a conversation about James Franklin's press conference today because I think it's a very interesting press conference uh, from start to finish and want to get to some of that with you. But first off, everyone doing okay and how are you doing with all of the changes and i know you're not a person you're a very rigid person that doesn't uh, go with the flow oh yeah definitely uh you know listen definitely not describing myself sometimes sometimes kids puke it's uh mm -hmm. it's a thing that happens and so uh here we are here we are but no but nobody's puking right now which is great so as long as uh as long as that status quo maintains for the next what ten minutes, I think eleven at most. Yes, eleven I at think, most. <laughs> I think we can I'll handle okay. it. Yeah. Um, so, what was the major thing that stuck out to you? Where do you want to start our conversation uh, with James Franklin and his comments from today's press conference? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I thought it was it was a fairly wide ranging press conference, right? I mean, yeah. th there's the the bye week and how they spent the bye week and how productive they were. I thought that y y you know. It's a it's a larger story than, or it has been a larger story over the last couple of years, but not necessarily like you don't see it up close and personal until a day like today. But the conversation about analysts, right, yeah. staff sizing, and how that influences what they're able to do as a program, it changes things. It changes having. Uh, you know, the ability to deeply look into not just the opponent that's coming up this week, but certainly future opponents for Penn State, which obviously we're talking about Ohio State and Michigan, uh, right? For, yeah. for Penn State, it, it's just it's just it's just a totally different dynamic and something that I thought he brought up either directly or indirectly kind of multiple times throughout uh, throughout today's press conference. Yeah, it's funny. I I'm still in the mode of I don't want to talk about those teams just yet because yeah. we have to save them. But already, uh, already this week, I wrote something about the Ohio State offense at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. So I can't I can't be doing the names the, the the teams that you obviously know. Like this isn't October. This is now October. They're they're right yep. around the corner. And yep. uh, one of the other things that James Franklin said that I thought was really important is he said we need to get uh, we need we came into and we need to get out of this game, meaning UMass this weekend healthy. Um, it's an interesting conversation because yep. Penn State is both, we've seen, I think for the most part, largely a healthy team that's also had some targeted, oh no, this could be a problem injuries with both Lan and Tangwall, who yep. we just kind of write off as that was the starting left guard, kind of like Sal Wormley a couple years ago, uh, lost, lost before the season starts. And now JB Nelson, that, yep. um, is ambiguous. James Franklin declining to talk about that. So how do you view the health of this team? Good or not so good given that you know there are these specific injuries but overall they seem healthy yeah i think i think pretty good i think it's it's tough to lose two players at the same position group right and yeah. and really it's not just been it's it's been two position groups right the receivers which he pointed out in his final answer about trey wallace mm -hmm. and and the offensive line, the interior specifically of the offensive line. One thing that struck me today that uh, had not dawned on me, but probably should have, was the conversation about Hunter Norzad and yeah. his position flexibility and maybe whether or not that impacts things there, right? Uh, I had kind of done the one-to-one the -one mental math in my head of, okay, if J.B. Nelson isn't available, you go to Venka uh, Iwani. 
uh, and Anthony Donko, but you know, throwing it out there without any concrete information to back this up, maybe Hunter Norzad is that flexibility there. You go yeah. with a Nick Dawkins, uh, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the direction that you go. I think Drew Shelton has a part of that conversation as well. They tinkered with him at a bunch of different positions. So yep. he's, they consider him one of the starters. You're getting into less than ideal territory though, at that point. So uh, you, you just got to hope that JB Nelson comes back because that is a part of the conversation we're going to get to a little bit later. Um, the thing I wanted to get to now though, is Johnny Dixon. Yeah. This is not the first time James Franklin has unsolicited unprovoked in his opening yeah. statements, talked about a player or players that he thinks deserve more attention. Yep. This is a stark contrast from what James Franklin used to do, which is he didn't want to name anyone individually. And then when he did, he would try to name as many players as possible at a position yep. um, so that when you asked about one guy, other guys didn't feel left out. But a couple times this year, he has mentioned players for specific reasons that I think are uh, obvious and apparent, but I don't know what they are. So yeah. talking about Johnny Dixon today, like, why? Why did he bring up Johnny Dix Dixon specifically other than he doesn't feel like he's getting the deserved rep that he, he should have as a quality player? Is this an NFL draft thing? What is yeah. this? I think it's a, I think it's an everything thing, right? Uh, and, and I will start with the, the, maybe the, the most, uh, below the surface, right? Um, conspiracy minded side of this, which is, it's not a conspiracy, but like yeah. NIL, it's a factor. Okay. Yeah. You, you want guys to be appreciated yet. Like appreciation takes many different forms. It's one thing to get a standing ovation or a loud cheer when your name is introduced on the scoreboard before the game as one of the Penn state starters. It's yeah. one thing to be an all big 10 player or a big 10 player of the week, all, all of those things. That's fine. But if that recognition isn't matched or, uh, have some type of financial implication concurrent to it, then it's, I'm not saying it's beside the point, but it's a little bit hollow. And so mm -hmm. I do think that there is, there have been concerted efforts this year specifically to make sure that whether it is, uh, you know, collectives that, that are listening certainly, but as well as like financial backers, people, people who support the program, uh, businesses that support the program understand that these players, uh, Katron Allen is another one that comes to mind, right? Guys who, you know, who the top guy is in that pecking yeah. order, at least in terms of, uh, within the program, but also, Hey, do not forget about this guy because Kalen King's success is goes hand in hand with Johnny Dixon's Nick Singleton hand-in-hand hand with Katron Allen. So it's important, I think, for James Franklin, in his mind, to recognize those guys, uh, you know, simultaneous to what's happening with those other guys. It's fascinating, the multi-layered conversation, because that same conversation, I could, I could make the argument, Johnny Dixon, you know, maybe he's a second-round NFL corner, but guys yep. aren't seeing it. And, and NFL scouts are going to see what they're going to see, right? So the, it, James Franklin is going to politic people from the podium uh, before UMass, but kind of putting it out there to get the buzz going for a guy because he does do all the things that James Franklin talked about. Like, you might have that conversation of, yes, Kalen King is our starting corner he's our number one corner but we got two number one corners and that's how we view them and we want you to view them the same way and like i, I don't i don't know if it if how much that would influence people but it wouldn't hurt uh johnny dixon in that particular conversation which is very similar yeah i, th I think it's just uh, look um 
the way that Brenton Strange went in this past year's NFL draft, right, was different from maybe what expectations were. Yeah. Uh, where Sean Clifford was drafted this past year was probably different from what people's expectations were. And so I do think that there's a, a foundation setting of, look, I mean, Kalen King, last week, there were people that have him in the middle of the first round mm-hmm. at this point for, for next year. And so it, it's not to say Johnny Dixon is a middle of the first round guy too. It's just to say, Hey, uh, whatever your perception was like, nobody would have said Johnny Dick, maybe you would because you pay attention and you're very good at this T Frank, but most casual fans would not have said, Oh, Johnny Dixon is a day one day two type of guy uh, in, in the NFL. And now I do think that there is a little bit of a, a buildup, uh, a setting of, of the table that he could be that type of a player and is at this point this season performing like it. Yeah. I I think that's a, a fair way to, to phrase that. And I, you got me all distracted with the compliment. Thank you. Oh, uh, T Frank. Well, you had the best question of the day, so <laughs> let's get to it. Let's talk about yeah. what you asked because that was by far uh, the most insightful question. I, I thought that was asked to Franklin today. So he's talked about balance, and I've had this conversation with him over a couple of years now in terms of what is balance? Is balance being able to attack the field in all situations of the passing game? Is it being able to run, explode? And his 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 comment and where he settled on this, of uh, his view of it, is balance is being able to do whatever you need in the situation to win. Yep. And previously, they haven't been able to do that. But with this particular team, you got the feeling that they could have true balance if the passing game can kind of get the deep ball going. And that's what everyone's focusing on. The actual end result is this might be the most balanced team that Penn State has put up under James Franklin. And that's kind of what he said is our ability to run the ball is a real problem for people. And their ability to throw the ball in a controlled passing setting is also a problem for them. Short yardage, wherever they have this ability to do a bunch of different things that previously they haven't. And I just... To me, like, you know, how many teams have true balance to do whatever they need in any situation to be the Swiss Army knife to score offensively? And I can't think of a ton of teams that have extreme balance. I had a conversation this summer talking to Mike Yersich about, you know, 11 personnel versus 12 personnel and does it matter? And he said uh, the 2019 LSU team was 11 personnel 90% of the time and they won the national championship. Might have been the greatest offense we've ever seen. So you can be so dominant in one area that you don't need to be able to do other things. But most teams, like, you know, this, this idea of being able to do everything really well, very few do. You know, like Ohio State doesn't do everything very well. Michigan yep. might be a little bit closer, but what is the hierarchy? What's the rank of how what they're pursuing and how close they are to that? And I just think that's a very interesting conversation about this offense that's more that goes beyond just the explosive plays and chucking it deep. When he when he uses he, there's two phrases that he uses, uh, right? Is uh, being dangerous mm-hmm. and giving people problems. Okay, that like that can that can you become a team that creates problems for opponents when you, when, when other teams can't have an answer for you or conversely, when you have an answer for everything that they want to do to you, that, mm-hmm. that right. You can do these different things. And so I think it, it's funny because it, it dawned on me during the press conference today. I, I don't think that he has a lot of opportunities necessarily to boast about what this team is. And, mm-hmm. and, this year, uh, the way that they have won 
while dominant on the scoreboard, hasn't always matched the eye test, at least in the first half of, of some of these games. Yeah. Right? You, uh, you blow Iowa out, but it's a it was a close game at, at the half, right? In terms of the scoreboard, Northwestern was a tie game at the half. Uh, right, Illinois, same deal uh, at the half. And so I, I do think that he his perception of who and what this team is is yes matched by the national ranking but probably the expectations internally are beyond right in terms of the potential of what these guys can be and what they are i think i think he believes that truly they are dangerous offensively and and I, i do think that it's a fair thing to say we we haven't necessarily seen that all the time from this offense we haven't seen it a lot of the time from this offense based on a multitude of factors, including yeah. injuries that they've sustained at, at the wide receiver positions. But yeah. I do think that this is an opportunity for them uh, this weekend and then going into the back half of the season to start to explore and explode uh, some of what that potential is. I think that's a, a really good point because the the other half of it is like the, when he when he said, are there areas that we need to improve? Yeah. You know, the explosive part of the offense is is kind of the proven part, like the part that especially from the run game, that's an area where you project the positive with this group because they have the talent, they have the athleticism to be that. So that final missing piece is a lot easier to attain this year as opposed to, hey, we need to like fundamentally be able to run the ball and get five yards when we need five yards. And they've proven that part. So it's just about how you're putting it all together. We, we got we've gone over our 12 minute limit. But we have to get to the how do you take your coffee moment of the week. And that is Corey Geiger, uh, longtime beat writer, asking about how uh, to get the, the what we just talked about, the deep passing game going. Um, so why don't you set it up? I'll, I, I'm teeing you up here. Explain for people who haven't seen this yet. Go check it out on the video. But uh, Nate's going to explain what happened here. And I'll follow up with some reactions because I literally was in the back of the room like. Oh. Yeah. No. And look, like I, I love Corey. I, I've known him for a long time and have had a, a great working relationship with him. Uh, I yeah. don't know that the way that the question was phrased. Look, let's be honest about this. James chooses, picks and chooses when to be uh, hyper attentive, right? To, to the finer points of a question. Yes. Okay. And sometimes it depends on who. Uh, is asking the question. And so in this case, the question that was asked was along the lines of, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but Hey, do, do you want your quarterback? Is there a time where you tell drew to just chuck it, to, to throw it, like to take the shot, no matter what. Yeah. And uh, I do think that James was probably a, a bit um, of a stickler in terms of his interpretation of the question and just saying, yeah. absolutely not. There is never a time where we say, hey, chuck it deep, no matter what, um, you know, right? Because, yeah. and, which is true. That's yeah. fine. I, I get where he's coming from. Uh, he talked about his his skin crawling uh, based on like just the very notion of this and that it was something that goes completely opposite of what they teach and how they operate as a, as a college football offense. But uh, you know, I, I, I am, I am here willing to give Corey a little more leeway in just saying, look, the explosive passing game has been a concern. Mike yeah. Yusich said it was a concern last week. The the players themselves have said it, that it's a concern. And so yeah. the notion of forcing the issue a little bit or being more committed to it and trying to, to squeeze some of those plays out, 
yeah, I, I do think that that's, that's valid. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of, is that how they're going to do it by saying, Hey, Drew, you know what? I don't care what coverage you see back there. You're going to throw this ball and you're going to throw it 70 yards down the field. Yeah, probably not. Uh, so there is, this is the, the and again, I, I'll echo what you said. I got my start. T Frank got his start talking about football on Corey Geiger's show. So I, I, I agree with you in terms of like, he's, he, I, I think what happened here is he got, he used a shorthand given to us by color analysts on football teams, football games and, and broadcasts of, you've got to take the top off the defense. You've got to show them that you'll throw the ball deep so that they have to respect it. But if they're already respecting it, and this is this is kind of the, the nuts and bolts of the question, if they're already respecting it, and that's the problem is Penn State has played so many teams that are playing these soft coverages that aren't letting them throw the ball deep, that you're doing what you're doing the thing that they are saying, hey, don't do that. And like they're taking it away. So to basically burn a play for a contested catch situation, which is a bad decision as opposed to a good decision in single coverage, like there's the nuanced layers of the question where I think it just set off a lot of warning flags in James Franklin's brain of like, this is, as he said, like, this is the opposite of what we coach Be because it's the, it's the conversation between what you're taught on TV about football and what coaches and, and people think about football internally. And that's just one of those unfortunate situations. I was like, I was like, Corey, don't double down. Don't double down. <laughs> don't try to explain because it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of what they're trying to get. They're trying to accomplish. Never ever ruled. Number one, as the person asking the question is don't try to explain something to the person who was explaining it to you. That, that is, <laughs> you just, and it's hard in the moment. I, I mean, goodness, I, I very rarely ask questions in these public settings for that very nature, right? You just don't want to get caught uh, in that situation, but it, you know, look, yeah, that, that is, uh, yeah. Let's tie it with a bow there. That's uh that's a, <laughs> That's a good. That's a good place to call it. Yeah. Um. Of course, because we're not standing outside in in the wind. Uh. This went an extra five minutes, but I think it's a great conversation about Penn State football. James Franklin's uh, conversation. We got more coming up this week as well. Uh. We will be at practice tomorrow. Nate and uh, Sean Fitz, publisher Blue White Illustrated, are going to have their reactions to practice after we see it on Wednesday. We'll have practice highlights for you, and of course, James Franklin, his next round of conversation with the media coming up on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. Always a great time to remind you subscribe to. To our channel so you don't miss any of that content coming up this week from Blue White Illustrated.